Ready for a spring break to remember? Amtrak's got just a ticket for you and your crew. With share fares, you and your friends can save up to 60%. The more who travel, the more you save. Skip the hassle of driving through the Northeast while exploring D.C., Philly, New York, and Boston. No middle seats and plenty of legroom are just an Amtrak away. And with stops right in the heart of your favorite cities, you'll arrive downtown, not out of town. Savings start with three travelers. Eight travelers required for 60% discount. Visit Amtrak.com slash sharefares to book. Restrictions may apply. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Mountain Murders Midweek. I'm Heather. And I'm Dylan. Wow, Dylan. Is March in like a lamb and out like a lion? What are we doing here? March is all up in this bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's March 1st. That means we are into a brand new month. Mountain Murders is in a whole brand new state, bringing you true crime cases out of New York this month. New York, New York. And so far, we have some bangers lined up. We're going to kick the month off this weekend with a serial killer. Ah, oh, we haven't story. done we haven't done that in a while. Yeah, we haven't covered a serial killer in in depth for a minute. I can't wait to talk about this one. Oh, it's going to be a good one. Well, you know it will be with New York. So I must say, I've been enjoying our state by state tour of the Appalachias. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's been great. East Coast, what, what? <laughs> East Coast, yeah, we'll set you climbing home. So oh. let's see, March, we've got St. Patty's Day coming up, and then we have Dylan's birthday, which the, is a national holiday. The birth of Dylan. The birth, the day of awesomeness. It's true. Yeah. So we were thinking about going out to karaoke tonight, and Dylan, who is wearing his like ratty sweatpants and wow. t-shirt, was like, is it okay if I just go like this? This is my good sweatpants. And I told you that you should probably shower and change. And yeah. then you were like, no, why? And no. I told you it's because I'm going to wear that outfit. I want your ratty sweatpants and your weird shirt. And then I asked you if I could shower and just put these clothes back on. And I told you no, because I'm wearing them. <laughs> It looked like you stole your dad's clothes. That would be awesome. Maybe we should really do this. I should go out wearing this outfit tonight. And I'll wear your outfit. Yeah. Yeah? It's, I don't, this would be a crop top on you, I think. Okay. Yeah, do it. I'm gonna. Yeah. It's gonna look like a big sexy sausage. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so before we get started here, uh, it's a bit of a quiet week for True Crime, but we've dug some things up. Uh, we got to tell them about this review. Okay, someone, of all the obnoxious, offensive opinions that we have spewed here on Mountain Murders for four and a half years, right? Over four years. And we spew them. We spew it. I mean, we froth with opinions here. Someone was very upset that we made a joke of a pop culture reference from what, like 15 years ago? We referenced an old political pop culture joke reference. About Does Sarah Palin. Sense? Yeah. Someone's mad. They yeah. took the time to leave us a review to let us know that Sarah Palin did not see her house from Russia. And that was a Saturday Night Live skit, Dylan. And you need to get your facts straight. Okay. 
and how do we know that's what the review was about? Because that is word for word what the review was. Yeah. Three stars. So I read this review to Dylan and you know what he said? I can see a bitch from my house. I can see a bitch from my backyard. Yeah. Oh my gosh, calm down. Like you're still <laughs> mad about some dumb shit. I knew how. I mean, it- I didn't make fun of her being like a fucking slurred whatever she is now. Have you oh. seen her lately? She'll just be like, <laughs> I'm not making fun of that. How's she oh, doing? Slurry bitch. She's doing good. I don't know. I think she and her husband just beat each other up all the time. And ah. I think they're both on meth or something. Hell if I know. Yeah, but I'm glad that that finally um, nothing, uh, not liking the show or nothing else. Uh, you don't like our personalities. Our voices are annoying. Yeah. We don't get our facts straight when it comes to cases, but we get our facts straight when we make a joke. Right. Yes. And you know what, dude? Whoever you are out there that got so fucking mad about the Sarah Palin joke, if she wasn't such a dumbass, then people wouldn't misattribute that phrase to her. But because she's such an idiot, it's it, people believe it because that that's something she would say. And then it wasn't like satire because she was a fucking moron. So well, why don't you write a review about that? Yeah, why don't you review these nuts? Yeah. I'm just like, damn, Did you know bro. she was in a porno too? No, I don't want to know that. Sarah Impalin or something? <sighs> I'm just kidding. <clears throat> See, that's going to make somebody mad too. I just did. <laughs> I just didn't know anyone out there still felt that strongly about anything. I didn't know um, that like this. Sarah Palin had such a fan club. Yeah. I'm kind of glad that we've pissed. I mean, you know, it's been a while since we like made somebody really mad. So, Well, if it's any yes. uh, consolation, uh, you're, my work here is done. I don't support either side. They're all a bunch of fucking morons. So anyway, let's move on. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so. What do you got for us, Heather? Oh, I'm, I'm ready to move on. Why don't you go ahead and read about it? Okay, so one thing that has happened recently that I thought was kind of interesting that we should discuss, um, since we did such an in-depth coverage, was a three-parter on Charles Manson, Linda Casabian, Kaz- if you remember, she was a member of the Manson cult and one of the key witnesses in the murder trials. She died. Really? This week at age 73. Now, was yeah. she one of the girls, or was she one somebody around the cult? No, she was, a, she was an active member. Okay. I mean, I remember her in the story. She was a key witness in the trials in the set in 1970. She was granted immunity by prosecutors for her testimony, which did lead to the conviction of cult leader Charles Manson and several of his accomplices. Seven people died across two nights in the summer of 1969. Now, she did not take part in the actual murders but she was very active in the creepy crawling okay yeah so she did some uh manson family activities she was very much a part of it but she did not go i mean she was not like there with the knife creeping around people's houses and just randomly moving small items around and stuff is very strange thing to do right i mean if my friends were like hey let's go break in this house and move some knickknacks I would be like, no, I don't want to do that. She was 20 years old when she moved to Spawn Ranch back in July of 1969, which, of course, was the old movie set outside of Los Angeles where Manson and his followers were living in the commune. That same year, Manson ordered a group of his followers to carry out a series of murders and what criminal prosecutors said was a plan to incite a race war. If you remember all that. Now, in the early hours of August 9th, Cassabian waited in the getaway car outside the L.A. mansion 
where Susan Atkins, Patricia Krenwinkel, and Charles Watson forced their way into the home and murdered Sharon Tate, along with Jay Sebring, Abigail Folger, and the other gentleman that's name is escaping me at the moment. Ah, I can't remember. Folger's boyfriend. Yeah. So she was present at one of the biggest crimes they did. She was a getaway driver. So she she was was very much involved in it. Now, she didn't actually commit the murder, but she was the getaway driver that night. Wow. You know what? You shouldn't have been doing that stuff. And that's all I can say about that. Under the direction of Manson, she also went to the LaBianca house. But she did not go inside and commit a murder there. She actually spent 17 days testifying, which was a major part of uh, the criminal conviction process. Okay. Well, there you go. She has passed away. She had moved to Washington State and changed her last name. So she had been living there. Uh, up until she died. And she changed her last name to, like, Chiachios. Okay. You got to pick your last name, and that's what you picked. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, dead at the age of 73. I guess that's uh, that's quite a story. That is quite a story, say, Heather. Hey, I was part of this, but I got immunity. Yeah, I was part of it. I mean, you you know, maybe you she probably cashed in on that, I'm sure, with interviews or something. Over the years, I would think. Perhaps. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot. Uh, the Murdaugh trial is going on. Oh, yeah. So that's wrapping up, right? Yes. And there's been some very, uh, I, what I can, I consider rather interesting moments during testimony. Uh, there's one time when uh, one of the experts is basically testifying to the condition of the bodies, what happened, how the shooting possibly took place. And it's funny because, you know, the whole time they have a close-up on Alex. You know what I'm saying? His face. And he is making some of the oddest faces to some of that testimony of what the guy was saying. Like, well, it's obvious the shooter was standing in front of her and blah, this. And he just making the odd, like. Faces like he knows you're wrong, so he's disagreeing because he was the shooter and he knows how he did it. Or or he knows you're dead right because he was the shooter. And Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm one of those people that kind of can't control what my face does. Right. Like, no matter how hard I try, I find myself staring at somebody like you're an idiot, like (laughs) this person who took the time to write the Sarah Palin review. Yes, I'm looking at you like, huh? Um, Yeah, I have a really hard time. So I I would be terrible. As a witness or on trial. Right. Because my I can't stop my face <laughs> and, from yeah. being expressive. Well, and, and part of that is body language, you know, looking up to the left or right. Am I lying? Am I telling the truth? Am I accessing memory and things like that? So you think it possibly means that he is agreeing, yes, this is what happened? Possibly. Okay. But he's kind of an odd individual. If you've watched him testify any at all, he's always talking about Papa and and butting the dog, and you're just like, okay, dude, calm down with that shit. But and you believed him because of his accent. Well, I try, I try, I wanted to trust him, but I knew he's a damn lie. Okay. Okay. Oh damn, he's a damn lie. <laughs> and when Dylan says something's a damn lie, that's how you know it's a damn lie. It's when you know it's the, 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 the for that's sure. like an extra lie. Yes. And there's been other moments during the trial of his surviving son, Buster. Buster. 
um, watching his father testify on the stand with, uh, it seemed like open contempt on his face. So some, some, some interesting moments in that trial. At some point, wasn't Buster like asked to leave? (coughs) I think he was kind of being confrontational with someone. That sounds right to me. I mean, I don't know that for sure, but it would, it would fit with what I've seen. So, yeah. So Murdaugh's theft of millions was about to be revealed. So he killed his wife and son to buy time to figure a way out. Prosecutors said Wednesday during their closing arguments in the South Carolina attorney's murder trial. Now, fearing his years of stealing from the law firm and clients would be exposed and hoping to maintain his lofty standing in the community, Murdoch killed his wife and younger son in hopes that it would make him a sympathetic figure and draw attention away from the missing money. This is what prosecutor Creighton Waters told jurors. Aided by his knowledge of how criminal cases are constructed, Murdoch hatched a clever plan to make sure they were at the family's property on the night they were killed, which was June 7th of 2021. I mean, this prosecutor is painting a very unflattering picture of Murdoch. Well, I got to say, as far as plans go, this is not a very solid plan. Would you agree? No, not at all. (laughs) It's not. I mean, come on, because everything came out anyway. And and this may make sense. This may be, honestly, because I've kind of wrestled with the motive. I I know that he was, uh, you know, obviously going to be in financial trouble, if not already in financial trouble. And uh, I wondered if it was for like some kind of insurance fraud, because he's certainly not afraid to commit insurance fraud, right? Water said the pressures on this man were unbearable and they were all reaching a crescendo the day his wife and son were murdered by him. Now, if you recall, Dylan, I believe it was the like chief financial officer at this law firm confronted him. Right. Confronted him. The CFO. Yes. Confronted him on the morning that they were killed. Okay. So that would make sense that this is sort of the pinnacle and in his drug-addled mind, it made sense to him that, it, well, if something was to happen. And he very quickly uh, started steering investigators. And he actually said, I believe on the 911 call I listened to, and certainly I saw some uh, body cam footage of officers first on the scene, he was already saying, oh, my son was in this boat wreck. You know, we've had things, uh, threats online, blah, blah, blah. We didn't take any of it seriously. It could be something like that. So he was kind of steering the narrative for instantly. Trying. Trying. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as much practice as this man has had uh, dealing with criminal law, that kind of thing, just like the Brian Koberger guy, you're studying criminology. Yeah, and supposedly You'd think they would be a little bit smarter, but they're not. No. Well, and These are not sophisticated criminals. Well, I think you get ego in this case, a big well, ego. Well, I guess the drugs probably didn't help either. And the drugs, not having a really clear per, you know, idea about what's going on. And his family had kind of steered uh, local power around a little bit over the years. And maybe he felt like he was just in a perfect, like they would just listen to him. Like he can, you know, just, just like he showed up at the hospital trying to tell parents of the other kids that were on the boat um, what, how it was going to go down. Right, so a bit of narcissism, maybe. The defense will rest their case tomorrow, which is Thursday. Now, if convicted, he faces 30 years uh, to life in prison. If he's convicted of either murder count, 
His 22-year-old son Paul was shot twice with a shotgun, and his 52-year-old wife was shot four or five times with a rifle. Jesus. See, this is the part that is strange to me. If you have a shotgun and a rifle, I'm not sure who was shot first, Paul or Maggie. Right. I haven't been paying that much attention. But would he have to have help? I mean, it just seems to me if you're shooting one person, the other might have a chance to to run and get away or to try to get away. Yeah. and uh, But to use the two separate guns, like that's the only part of this that has left me with a little bit of like, hmm, could there have been a third or I'm sorry, a second person there? I think that subject was actually broached to a very small degree, but here's the way that only way that works for me is if you shoot both individuals at separate times, even if it's five minutes apart, a few minutes or, uh, you know, 10 minutes apart, you get one of them down there by the dog kennels, kill them. And then you have this other weapon as well. Yeah. I don't know. Which it seems odd. A rifle is a very strange Kind of a strange weapon to kill someone up close with. It is. Yeah. Paul was actually shot about five minutes before he last used his cell phone. But it took investigators more than a year to unlock his iPhone. Wow. And then we get that Snapchat. Yeah. Video. Yeah. It's a wild story. I guess we will soon hear a verdict in this case. And um, I just don't think it looks good for Alex Murdoch. I don't think Alex or is Alec, good. Alec Murdoch, whatever his name is. Well, everywhere I see it's spelled A-L-E-X. Yeah, but I guess he pronounces it Alec. Well, that would make sense for him. <laughs> you know, I know I'm an asshole. Oh. We've established this. But when you name a child something, and the, but you pronounce it in like an entirely different way okay. than it's spelled... And there's like no phonetics there. That drives me nuts. All right. So you're prescribing that child a lifetime of correcting people about their name. Yeah. Just be clear with the name. Yeah. I just don't understand. Right. Like, what's the point? Like, if you're naming him Alex, why are you calling him Alec? Then put a fucking C on the end of it. A-L-E-C. <laughs> I keep seeing these stories about people freaking out over like their fast food order being wrong and like fighting and shooting and here's a yeah i've been seeing a lot of that like people beating up the person behind the counter dude it's like i mean who hasn't gotten like their fast food order wrong before nearly every time we get fast food well right here is a georgia woman that i think takes it to the next level okay you better not mess her shit up a georgia woman allegedly drove her car into a popeye's building after finding that biscuits were missing from her order authorities said last week belinda miller of augusta georgia allegedly became irate at the food items missing and still unsatisfied when staffers fixed it. According to the Richmond County Sheriff's Office, Miller, 50, left the location, the outlet reported, before she returned and allegedly crashed into an entrance of the restaurant with her SUV, nearly hitting an 18-year-old employee who had been standing inside the building. She managed to drive her car an extra four feet into the building, only stopping when building debris prevented her car from entering any further, and then promptly left the scene, according to an arrest warrant obtained by the Augusta Chronicle. What do you think, honey? It, uh, she have a right to do that over biscuits? No. I mean, <laughs> let's just say, when I've been hangry and my order is messed up, I may have felt 
Yeah. This desire to show my ass or whatever inside. Right. But you have to have a little self-control. Okay? It's a fucking biscuit. It's not a big deal. Well, here's the thing. They've replaced your missing biscuits. They made you whole. They did what they could to fix it. Let it go. And uh, These people have serious anger issues, and they're taking it out on these service workers when really they need to be addressing whatever else is in their life that's causing them this kind of anger. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you've just got to... Now, we see, I, I think some people don't realize we all have these crazy thoughts in our head, right? Like, I should just fight that person or... I would like to slap them or, you know, whatever. I'd there like are to... times when I pick up Rufus's poop with my little poop bag. Oh. I like picking it up in my hand, but, you know, I got my little bags. And I pick it up and I think, hmm, I would like to smash this in someone's face. But I don't do it. Right? No. You have to fight against those um, you have to, impulses. Yeah. I have to just keep it to myself. <laughs> this is compelling. I mean, there radio. have been times when I've, you know, I'm in... Biscuits are good, okay? Bohangle's got some good biscuits. Oh, I forgot to say I that. I can understand the frustration a little bit. Alec Murdoch really. also admitted to taking up to 60 pills of oxycodone a day at, at a time. How did he not the, die? I don't know. And, and I don't know if that's accurate, but and I don't know the dosage of oxycodone. But I gotta imagine. See, that, I don't know a whole lot about oxycodone. Well, I'm just saying. But I'm just imagining sixty of anything a day. Sixty Tylenols would probably kill you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I just can't imagine taking a narcotic pain pill. So if anything, even a third of that, if he's taking twenty oxys a day, let's be honest. Um, that is a damn tolerance if I've ever. It heard shows that he was taking pills. Like I, I don't think we realize how. How hardcore he was abusing pills. No, I mean, even to say like popping pills like candy. I mean, that's a that's a stretch because I don't even know people who eat 60 pieces of candy a day. It depends on the candy. Now, if it's those Skittle gummies, I can't stop until they're gone. Oh, my gosh. I feel like if I ate 60 of those, I would have the most upset stomach. That must be how he feels about the oxycodone. It's like a good uh, candied gummy to him. It's and he just can't stop. It's just mind-blowing to me. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. That, that anybody could consume 60 <sighs> narcotic pain pills in a day. Oh, my gosh. No wonder he was embezzling all that money. How could he afford to keep up with this addiction? Well, see, that was his answer to everything. Stop taking 60 pills a day. See, that would have made everything um, a lot easier. You know, Dylan, logic and reasoning is rarely part of the conversation these days, <laughs> right? <laughs> Oh, my gosh. So um, my mom told me about a true crime doc I should check out. Okay, what's that? I did that? see it's popped up there on the Netflix. What is that? The Sons of Sam. The Sons of Sam. Now, if I'm not mistaken, there's a theory in this docu- documentary or docu-series, not sure what it is, that he actually had some sons and that possibly they committed the murders. 
Hmm. That's interesting. That is interesting. Well, honey, this was a documentary that came out two years ago. And I'm pretty sure they are trying to tie him in with that. There was like that church. Was it like Prospect? Okay. Church or... I can't remember. See, you're going to bring this up and then I'm going well, like to sound like an idiot because I can't. It resurfaced <laughs> recently okay. for some reason. Maybe it just resurfaced on Netflix, but I was not aware of it. And um, though I feel like Son of Sam's a bit played out, um, I may, if that truly is the theory, I may check it out. Yeah, because there was the guy, Maury Terry, who was like a journalist that became incredibly like obsessed with the thought that Berkowitz did not act alone. And it became an obsession for him, if I remember correctly, and almost like ruined, like ruined him. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, I believe the process church. That's what it's called. So he believed that the process church of the final judgment, which was a group founded in the 60s, almost like a cult, had recruited various people to commit these types of murders and that Berkowitz just happened to be one of the recruits or whatever. Wow. So I did not have it right at all, did I? No. My mom was trying to explain it to me and I don't think I got the gist of it. Well, that's because you don't really pay attention to what (laughs) anyone says to you. You just half-ass listen. But wouldn't it be cooler if he had sons? But yeah, it was like... So just let it be my documentary. This is a documentary from two years ago. Okay. And I'm pretty sure we watched it. I don't think so. We did, because I remember the story. But that's okay. You don't remember (laughs) what you had to to eat yesterday, so it's fun. Here's the thing. If I can't remember, it'll be new to me. That's that's what's exciting about living with you, Dylan, is even if you've seen it before, you haven't really seen it. It's true. It's like watching a whole new movie with you every time. There have been times I'm like, I've seen this movie before, but I don't remember any of it. I must have been really drunk. Yeah, but I don't drink like that now. So you say. No, it's true. You know it's true. I'm proud you, of you. No, you may you was like, don't drink, don't be drunk. All, don't drink, don't be drunk like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not As really a, interested that, in babysitting That you. often. Yeah, yeah, shit just got real, didn't it? You're like really obnoxious drunk. Like some people you can be around and they're drunk and they're funny or it's like silly or whatever, but you get on my nerve. You're like an annoying drunk because you're like a big buffoon. You go around just like knocking shit over Uh, and spilling stuff. And it's like having to babysit a drunk child or something. Like a big drunk 200 and almost 300 pound toddler. Yeah, like, oh, you never know, is he going to fall down the stairs? No. Is he going to knock over, like, all the expensive things in the house and break them? Yeah, because I put my cigarettes up there. On yeah, the exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. It's really fun <laughs> living with you, Dylan. <laughs> well, again, that's why I don't do that anymore. <laughs> Thank you. And I am revisiting all the movies I watched drunk as hell. And I've caught some good titles. You have? Yeah. Well, this is off subject, but one of the shows that we've gotten into recently, if you like crime dramas, Snowfall. And I know I'm late to the game because it's been out since like 2017. Yeah, there's like four seasons of it. Right. right? But it's a great show. I've been meaning to check it out, and I've got to say, as far as crime dramas go, this is one of the more well-written, well-cast um, series I've watched in a very long time. It honestly reminds me of The Wire. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah. The, the dialogue is great. Very, um, like, 
interesting characters. Yes. Like they're very well developed. I don't like a show when you feel like the character is super one dimensional. And that's where, like, for example, I don't know people are going to get mad at me because we got a lot of folks out there who love Criminal Minds. But when I watch that, I feel like it's sort of a one dimensional. Like, I don't feel like I know those characters or like I'm invested in them or something. Yeah. They don't seem like super complex to me. No. And I think that's why I like The Wire and I like Snowfall because I feel like the characters, there's some complexity to the characters. Right. And, and I do think, I think with the criminal minds, people realize it, it might not be a, have as much depth and stuff. But, but I think the reason true crime fans, is, it's just something you kind of put on in the background. Well, I know people who really love it. Yeah. I've tried watching it. You know, there was a, a period there, like in January, I think, where I watched the first and second seasons of, I just can't get into that show as much as I've tried because people love it. They recommend it. I just can't really get into it. Some people love it and it just doesn't get me. I can't get past it. I know people are like, you're silly. Just watch it. It's, you know, it doesn't have to be realistic, but the dumbed down forensics in it bother me. Because it's just so unrealistic as to how investigations truly work. And I understand they got to wrap it up in the show and there's a reason it flows like this. But it just it seems so silly. You know what I mean? They're just literally figuring the shit out every five minutes. It just doesn't work for me. It but doesn't I, work I don't for me either. My daughter I, loves it. Yeah, I know. She's been on me for years. A ton to of watch people. Criminal Minds, and I just can't. But I feel like Snowfall has some really uh, well developed characters. It, they're interesting, there's more to them than just. I'm a drug dealer, or, you know. Yeah. That's what I liked about The the Wire as well. Yeah, in, in a nutshell, if you don't know of the show, um, we've been streaming on Hulu. It is basically about uh, the 80s and the CIA and the, the Reagan administration funding the Contras in uh, South America with drug money. Um, Specifically cocaine. Cocaine. This and, is when crack, and crack was introduced into the areas. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that uh, the main character, this young black m- gentleman, is based on Rick Ross, uh, right? Well, John Singleton is one of the creators of the show, and boys from and, Boys in the Hood. Sadly, he passed away, but he bases the main character Franklin. He said on some of his experiences growing up, right, in L.A. Right, but I mean, it has a. But it does have like a Rick Ross, yeah, feel white boy or all that stuff. I mean, it's just all young cats getting involved, like yeah, making floor of this new drug. Yeah, making hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. Can you imagine? And you know what I never get from all of this is they always want to grow, and I think they get addicted to the lifestyle and the power and stuff, and I think that's what keeps these people in these situations going. But you could literally just keep your nose down have a good three or four months with money like this and have, you know, a million dollars cash. I mean, I'm just like, why don't you just do that for a little while and get out? Why do you keep having to grow and get bigger and more dangerous? And I was like, why you gotta be greedy, dude? I agree. Well, you know, the other evening we had a conversation with someone and they said they were told as a young person that no one retires from the game. It's true. That you either get out or you die. Yeah. You get killed. And I was like, hmm, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm someone who'd want to, I'd make my money, get out, buy my house. You'd have a big summer. And then I'd just be done. And you'd just be done. You know, I have too much anxiety. I can't be, <laughs> I couldn't be in these situations. <laughs> I'm just going to say, Dylan, we are talking about true crime. 
we are. And we are here in Western North Carolina, and something that has been making the rounds is the city of Asheville. <sighs> now, we know a lot of folks that listen to the show live in Asheville, and we have a lot of folks who listen to the show that have traveled to Asheville. They want a vacation here. It's definitely a, a tourist destination. But there's been some watchdog reporting recently about how uncomfortable and unsafe business owners and employees feel living in and working in the city. And they're demanding action from Asheville City Council. Yeah, and, you know, honestly, I love, I love the area. You know, I, I used to love Asheville, but it's really sad. It's very different. To see what has happened to it in a very, very short period of time in my book. And I would say the last five years, it's truly the heart of Asheville has changed. Maybe longer than that. But it's just, it, I don't know. It's not cool and quirky anymore. It's gross. It's dangerous. And it just doesn't really leave, leave room for much more. Well, Mountain Express, which is an Asheville-based, like, independent news organization, has reported or has reported a, like, watchdog uh, coverage of the issues that have been happening. I mean, some of these business centers, they have very scary stories about people coming into their businesses, assaulting them, pulling knives, weapons out on them. The fact they have to walk over human excrement to get in and out of their businesses Many of these employees are talking about having bought knives, pepper spray, tasers, because they feel frightened walking to their cars at night. Yeah, I read an article not long ago um, about the businesses have suffered multiple break-ins. Oh, yeah. And, and then the police, um, when they call the police, um, they're not responding or they're responding slow. I must point out. They're operating at what, 40 or 50% capacity with officers? I think they're down 40%. So they're having regular a regular capacity is. Right. Very significant employment crisis there with the Asheville police. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's such a tricky subject to talk about. But one, on one instance, you know, you have everyone screaming in this area, you know, kind of the uh, one of the more liberal areas in our area. I said area a lot. Um, in our region, in our region, defund police, police, uh, blah, blah, blah. And we, uh, I think sometimes we forget society forgets police are human, bro. They're human. Even the ones who are not horrible, bad cops, they're just human. And if you keep getting browbeat and treat like shit and everywhere you look, people talking shit about you basically, or what you do, it's going to affect your performance. Well, it's going to make young people not want to pursue that career. It's going to make young people not want to get into the field. It's going to make the cops left uh, really not feel like doing anything when you respond. Because, you know, well, last week y'all were just talking about how we're all pieces of shit. So now we've, uh, this is all, honestly a, a good um, shit. What like a, a study. A study of uh, unfettered gentrification or in the wrong ways. It being gentrified in the wrong way. They allowed all these hotel lobby groups to come in and basically take over the downtown area. So what they did is they alienated the locals. This is what happened. Now people can't you afford alien to live there because you yes. had a large group of people who lived in Montford and areas surrounding downtown within walking distance that worked in these like hospitality jobs. Yes. And now they've been driven out. They can't afford now that they're, they're living thirty miles outside of Asheville and other areas. And then you so you alienated the locals. And you were putting all your eggs in this basket of, well, you know, the tourists, the high dollar tourist trade, which, you know, and, and building 
not a very diversified economy in your in your uh, area downtown. And now the torts are like shit. When I go there, it kind of sucks because there's homeless people. It's like we have big city homeless situations without the big city. I mean, you had just people full on living 24-7 in that area outside. I'm sorry, but these people refuse services. They do not want a path off of the streets. They enjoy being on the streets. There's a certain section of people that like this lifestyle, and they're not going to stop. And that's fine. I mean, they get to choose that. But it's just different than, you know, and people act like it's these poor, downtrodden people who have only had a help, a hand up, everything would be fine. Some of these people are choosing this lifestyle. And they're a total different breed of person than someone who's just down on their luck. Well, there's a lot of panhandling that's become very confrontational. People are being assaulted when they don't hand over a couple of bucks. It's pretty scary, and they actually had a meeting today, Dylan, the business leaders did with some of the Asheville City Council and various organizations, uh, like the uh, Tourism Development Authority and whatnot, and they were saying, you know, as tourism, or as crime rises, tourism is going to start to diminish. But it's definitely, like, a hot mess. I mean, just listening to some of the stories, I read this article earlier where these employees and business owners, the things they're dealing with, it, it's frightening and it's just unacceptable. And the fact they can't seem to get any help whatsoever. Yeah, we talked to people who live in the area. We was talking to someone today about it. And they like still feel like they can walk down the street. And now this is in West Asheville, another area of activity. But they, 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 their friends suggest you walk in groups to strengthen numbers. And this is how people are having to think about before they go walk the street in Nashville. And that's foreign to me because I've never felt that way around here. No, honestly, after one of the last um, experiences that I had just going downtown with my daughter, I haven't even been back. I don't feel safe down there. And that sucks. It does. And I've lived in cities, you know, big cities, and didn't feel the way I felt um, the last time I was downtown, I don't know. And we have friends who are trying to come to Asheville and they're like, Oh my gosh, should I rethink my plans? I mean, it's different. I think you need to, if you know, you need to have knowledge going into what you're getting into that. If you visited Asheville 10 years ago and it's you're trying to come the, back, it's not the same. It's not the same sleepy it mountain. It's not town. the same sleepy mountain town. It's not. So anyway, enough of it. And it's been referred to online by some as uh, visitors as Trashville. And that's just not good. <laughs> that's I'm sorry. It's not funny, but that's a great... I mean, if you had to uh, dump on a city, that's a great name. But, Trashville? Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's Asheville. <laughs> you just had to, uh, well, you know, Asheville is 98% or I'm sorry, is more expensive than 98% of other North Carolina cities. See, that's the... And is home to the highest rents in the state. That's the That's oddball. One of the big problems. That's one of the huge problems with the area. The the cost of living has outpaced opportunity and jobs and, and infrastructure and all these other things. So those are going to be uh, problems as well. And now you can add a, in these other incidents um, issues that are happening. That just doesn't sound like a place where anyone wants to live, right? You know what I mean? You have businesses closing up, been there 15, 20 years downtown because they're just tired of the bullshit. 
and they're just trying to run well, their business. We're here to talk about true crime news, Dylan, and this is crime news. It so is, I and as it's businesses okay to talk about, yeah, well, as businesses flood out, you lose your tax revenue, all your your revenue for the city diminishes, and then you can provide less and less on services or expanding any services, and it's just uh, once you get in this cycle, it's hard to it's hard to right the ship. Places typically just complete com- become a completely different area for the next decade or even two. Well, but we've been telling you, you know, people people have been saying it. Locals been saying it. This isn't right. And people fought at city council meetings and stuff about the way they were developing these hotels, the way they were run, tearing down multiple, you know, whole blocks of houses that are rentals or they've been there for a hundred and hundred plus years for these, this new development that in the, at the end of the day, if the tourists stop coming, what happens with all this development you've done? And then it's just, uh, and then those businesses start going under and then you got like a freaking hotel that was my gosh. And then the artists and the olive oil company can't have a shop. (laughs) It's just, you know, I don't know. It was fair game for the last 10, 15 years. A lot of people, what will become of the $8 donut shop? I don't know. Where they're too cool to serve you. Yes. That's my favorite when you go into like a super hipster. I mean, it doesn't even have to be in Asheville. It can be anywhere. It's anywhere. We've been other places. But you go into a spot, it's like super hipster, and the employees treat you like shit when you're the customer and you're just trying to like get a snack or a beer and they, it's like they're too cool to serve you. Yeah. It's like you've never been there before trying to figure the menu out or how their drinks are and they just look at you (laughs) like, if if you don't know, you don't know. And be like, damn, bro. Like maybe you could put a beard net on too, because you're like beards hanging down in my my beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know, yeah. Some guys can't handle the beards; they get too cool when they grow their beards out. You think that's what it is? Yeah, is that a problem? Well, it is a problem. It happens. It's almost like the beard is an entity, and it kind of takes over. I believe that. Okay, so uh, we covered a little bit about what we saw, what I thought I saw, or I'm gonna see. And uh, there's a little bit of the midweek, mid-week true crime. I hope we haven't rambled too much. You got anything else, Heather? Dylan, I'm so full of shit right now. I wow. could go on for hours, but I'm going to uh, keep it at a, you know, I'm going to control it. I'm going to contain it. You have okay? to do that. I'm going to keep it inside. You have to do that. I'm going to shove it deep down where it can boil and fester. And well, then come out at Bojangles when I don't get my biscuit. Damn, bruh. No. No, give this bitch a biscuit, please. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that is it. And until this weekend when we start our series in New York, New York. You should probably skip that song. Start spreading the news. Yeah, that's not your karaoke jam, bro. I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm leaving today. What, what does tickle me, though, we were talking about going to karaoke, and Dylan's going to wear his, um, his he's going to go unshowered in his dirty sweatpants. I think I'll have to shower. But then you were, like, in the kitchen listening to songs? Like you were going to perform those songs at karaoke? No, I didn't say that. And they were, I was like, these are not songs that are going to get the party started. These are, like, the most depressing, sad songs ever. Yeah, I'm going to do R.E.M.'s Everybody Hurts tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right after someone does something really lively yeah. and everybody's like happy someone, for a minute. Someone's up there like, this is how we do it. They got the Montel Jordan and then yeah. here comes Dylan with his. Everybody hurts sometimes. sometimes. 
Boom, 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 boom. Hold on. Like this, we're going to have a good night. Never let go. I'm eager to see you in your dirty sweatpants. Buy a showered. Yeah. Hair in a ponytail. Ooh, I got a little baby. I get, yeah, don't disgust the listeners. Singing. Telling them about sad my. Sad songs. My hair's in flux. I don't know what to do with it. What I've been doing you is. singing some air supply or something. It probably looks stupid the whole time, but I, I'm, I need something new. And so my daughter made fun of Dylan's hair and it hurt his feelings. So now he's got to get a new do. What's true. I can tell her she looks stupid. (laughs) (laughs) You make fun of her all the time. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, you two make fun of each other constantly till this weekend. It's it's how we show love in this household. We hope that your week is good and finishes out nice. Yeah, I'm excited to be back on Sunday chatting about a serial killer, Dylan. I can't wait. Well, you're going to have to. Let's go shower this thing up. Oh, gosh. Okay, guys, you have a great week, and we'll see you on Sunday. Not if I see you first. And guess what? Fuck Tara Palin, okay? <laughs> and fuck Russia. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.